You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. I'm just going to say, um, first of all, welcome back. Um, yeah, but I'm just going to say that um, I want that intro, that like song? salsa music that every so time. Fun. That just got our energy way oh, up. Oh, it did. And we needed something, and there it was delivered. It was like, that was a, fun. It was like a gift. It gift was. from uh, the universe. But I wanted like some castanets yes. or maybe a tambourine. So, I just wanted to shake something. I know. <laughs> I was shaking me. You were shaking, you were shaking right. that booty. Yeah, it was Shake that booty. That was fun. I know. Um, I you know what? Maybe, may, well, I don't know. I don't know how into dancing you are, but I just want to go and learn salsa dancing. Oh, so I want to go, well, and no, then I want to go to the club. Like the I love the and, thought and of learning that. to dance. This right. is what I'm saying. Okay, my body doesn't cooperate, so I would you know love what? to. I need to find a man who helps you know get my groove back. Right, because I'm in. Do I am it? totally yeah. in, and you know I have yeah. some. Some former guests here that I would be all about. <laughs> yes. Miguel Angelo, yes, he can yes, teach me would. anytime right. he wants because that boy moves like he does. Water. He does, and he he He's looks good doing it. I just gotta say that uh, men's couple dancing is probably one of the most attractive oh. thing to me. It's I the love thing. especially when it's like tango yes. or a beautiful the, waltz. Oh god, the sensual I, clothes. Exactly. I know. I love. I love that, that song. I There's that. that. Welcome. welcome Anyways, today. welcome. It is Outspoken. As usual, hey, two more shows. This one and next <sighs> week. How sad. And Outspoken. I know. Yeah. I am kind of, I'm. you know me, sentimental. Mm, I know. But the last, the last show, if you're listening uh, now, tune in for this show. And next week is the final Outspoken, which is sad. But you know the boys are always mm. out being busy. Um, mm. So you, we'll still be around. Yeah. But the show, uh, after you know almost four years now, is uh, retiring. So... Yeah. Two more. It, you Crazy. know what? I um right now I'm feeling really emotional, but I know that next week I oh, probably yeah, I can't deal with it. I this. think you and I are probably gonna cry <laughs> in between every <laughs> right. Get ready for that. Get ready for some right? waterworks. It's um, been a crazazy roller coaster for oh. years. Um but boy it's, it's have we time. had an amazing time and done yep. some amazing things and very thankful. Yeah. Um and you know, we're just it is funny because we'll be sad, but mm-hmm. we're moving on to you right. know other shows. Right. Um and so that'll be good. I wanna say that uh uh, if you remember, if you've listened to our show, been a listener, Hal Sparks is uh, a guest we've had on many times. Comedian, actor, um, just funny and very uh, outspoken man himself. Yeah, he's, very he's a big activist and he yeah. loves, yeah, he has opinions, I tell you. And they're, oh they're my good goodness. ones. Yeah, know? and so uh, uh, our podcast, The Martini Lounge, he was on last week's show. And and so that's a lot of fun, and it's exactly. still you can still go you know if you wanted to go to our Facebook page you can still go there or you can go to jonathanandsergey dot com if you wanted to mm-hmm. and go there. Anyways, this week we're having on Kenneth Morgan, Kenneth Mogan, and that'll yeah, be fun. Mogan. We're actually going to be playing today mm-hmm. a lot of the indie artists that we've had on our show over the last few years, just to remember them and to recognize them all the hard work they do um, to deliver new music, and because yeah. you know. We support those that are are out there. We love giving them. it them all. They're they're all to do this stuff, and we so. appreciate that they took the time to come on the show, um, talk right? about their art, talk about the uh, process. Yeah. Because you know, it's it really is um, a passion project for yeah, them. It's all about it the love for the art. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's amazing. Yeah, Anyways, and speaking of things that we love to support, that are the arts and that are Spokane, because uh, you know we live here, we love to enjoy it, and yeah. we love to give people. 
things to do, and we love theater. Theater. So, as always, in our beginning segment, we want to tell you what you can do, where you can go, and one of them is stage left. Yeah, they're having, uh, they're putting on Emma, which is, um, you know, historian and playwright Howard Zinn, he dramatizes the life of Emma Goldman, um, the anarchist, uh, feminist, and uh, free-spirited thinker who was exiled from the United States because of her outspoken views, um, uh, not much Mm. unlike us who have also outspoken views. Exactly. Um, But yeah, it's... uh, you know, she she opposed World War One, and it's kind of she, the story. She back there. in the day would go around and say a woman's right to birth control is yeah. her control of her own body, and that was before ev- more people <laughs> should be right. saying it. She wasn't afraid. She said marriage isn't about love mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you know that wasn't a popular thing. It's fascinating. She was like the original, not only feminist but like civil rights activist back in the day. Um, yeah, you know, in right. some ways, I think she she almost kicked off a big movement that we saw throughout the 20th and now 21st century. Right, and I love so Stage Left is known for taking on heavy subjects. Right, um, you know, we saw Disgraced. There, we mm-hmm. had the uh, the actors and director in studio for that amazing play that yeah. they did. Um, well, so and, th- and this season, they're not shying away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This season, appropriately, they've been having a lot of very hard hitting. Uh, Dramas with a lot of you know political ties to them, yeah, a lot which of is amazing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's nice to see comedies, but I love that they're doing something meaningful. And I want to say, uh, so we put up, uh, we talked last week a little bit about it, but we put up a tweet about Meryl Streep. I I talked about love. Meryl. I shared her quote mm-hmm. on the show last week, and then we put up a little tweet, and then we were bombarded by hate. Um, I mean, and, and a okay. lot of and and a lot of love people yeah. who loved that that quote, and mm-hmm. then a lot of ignorant, horrible people who were calling us a you lot know, of names. Anyways, but what is funny to me is, and I asked this on on Facebook, isn't that what an artist does? Aren't yeah. they supposed to? You know, whether it's the woman at the Grammys who wore the Trump dress, mm-hmm. which was pro Trump. Or to uh, Meryl Streep using her platform to talk about right. what her concerns are. Right. Isn't that what art is? And so what are you really... Are you really mad at Meryl or because she's doing something horribly long, wrong? Or are you mad at Meryl because she doesn't share your beliefs? And right. if you believe that someone who thinks differently than you should be censored, then isn't that the exact antith- antithesis mm-hmm. to freedom itself? Right. Isn't that... Right? Aren't you just wanting your way, and your you don't want freedom exactly, exactly. of speech? You want freedom of your speech, right? You're blocking someone else's opinions, and you right. don't want that. You want to silence them, and it really right. is that is that that's not well, what the U.S. Call is about. Out an artist yeah, for being an artist, well, and that also, is an artist's job. If you're gonna go out and say I'm boycotting everything Meryl Streep does, have fun not watching Devil Wears Prada ever again. Ever what again, quality of life is Broadway that? Like, might as well just move to like Afghanistan or something. Right? Because you're, I mean, come on, and dude. here's the thing do i agree with the the young lady who wore the pro trump dress at uh, the grammys no no do i think she has a right to she yeah. most definitely does yeah. we have forgotten how to interact with people we don't agree with listen mm-hmm. do you know what you can do with meryl streep you maybe you totally oppose her yeah. you can disagree with her and then move on there you go there you go <laughs> that's, that's that's what you have the right to do i don't agree <laughs> with her yeah i am gonna say i don't agree with her and then why is it this I mean, we were called fascists and Nazis oh, yeah. just for saying yeah. we supported her. It was the weirdest thing. It is weird. It's just mm-hmm. odd. I don't, honestly, I don't fully understand why they do that. I don't I fully don't, understand the hate, trolls. really. So no, I'm just kind of like, don't feed why? the trolls. Yeah. And it, it just makes me sad for whatever they have going on in their life that they have mm-hmm. to be 
uh, the vehicle for hate. Like, hate is yeah. controlling their life so much that they have to just spout it out everywhere. Yeah. What is so wrong with your life? Girl, yeah. I want to help you now. Why like, I want you to so tell me, right? what can I do for you? It was, to be it honest. It was jarring. It's kind of for sad. us to have that, yeah. but you know, it's just we understand it's it, just part of yeah. part of the game. Well, and it's funny because you text me. I I think we deal with it obviously yeah. very different, but you text me. You're like, oh my god, I can't. This is right. There's awful, so many ugly statements coming. Hey, through. but it, I it's forget rough, but... as you're reminding me, I forget to look at the good ones that come yeah. through. And there's a lot and, of them, and realize how much support mm-hmm. it got and how m- many people loved that we put that up. Yeah. So, anyways, it was it was interesting, and we learned a lot. Yeah, well, that's what you get in media. Listen, something. You and I get mm-hmm. to do now and then is go to. We just talked about a stage lot, left. A lot often, yeah. Go to theater, mm-hmm. and I just want to say really quick: we went to Spokane Civic Theater last night. Yes, we did because we wanted to see a show that we've had. Of course, we we enjoy the one of the leading ladies in this. Show. Yes, Abby. Abby Crawford, Crawford yeah. um, she's amazing. She's one of our uh, good friends, and she's been on the show, of course, a few yeah, times. A couple. Times. Um, so she played uh, Desiree in a little night music, which is you know a Sondheim musical. Yeah. And oh boy, was it! So here's yeah, the thing: it was, it was, it was great. We we love theater. I will admit that mm-hmm. we can be a little harsh at times. Yeah. We have high standards, but you know we True. also know. But we've also celebrated what we've seen that we enjoy, right? Yeah. yeah. So going in there, I first of all, you want to love it because Abby is amazing. Yes. Um, and so you're Fantastic. you're so when we're sitting there, like I, I, my fingers are crossed. I'm like, please yeah. let this. But this is what I got to say. Sondheim, and for those of you who don't know, something you may know of his is, of course, the movie Into the Woods that was based on a yes, uh, musical yes, he exactly. did. So one thing you'll notice about Sondheim is his pacing yeah. is very different than what would be typically mm-hmm. the pace of a musical or Broadway. When right, he writes right. songs, they're very conversational at times. They don't follow the same rules of, of rhyme. So it's a different... That's difficult to do at a level that mm-hmm. isn't Broadway, right? Yeah. So right away, I notice that the uh, the director of this um, is has done what I, I just can't imagine yeah. could be done, which is the pacing is right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way they he whoever choreographed and has the movements, the blocking and mm-hmm. everything is so beautifully fluid. The way they move on stage. And it, and it doesn't feel yeah. stilted and it feels like a true moving right. piece of art. Right. And I was so... Impressed, first of mm-hmm. all, by that. I love technical stuff. I can be so impressed by a movie with great cinematography, even if the movie's horrible. I just, mm-hmm. I'm those things I mm-hmm. need to celebrate. Well, that I have to say, the director did an amazing job, yeah. and so did whoever helped out with movement. Well, and all the talent on there was so great. It's it's uh, fascinating to me seeing shows at Civic or like Stage Left because all that talent is local is um, local and it's, right and it's and hard to not believe paid no at but they're amazing there's there's raw talent on there i mean uh, the voices are beautiful the acting's great um abby's song uh when, whenever she send, sings send oh. in the clowns oh um, it will kill you uh, and seeing it in the context of the yes, story yeah yeah it's it, it's you know even more it's crazy. it's like that moment when you watch a movie and everything goes dark and there's just the spotlight <gasps> right. right on it and all you can see is just the actress that's Abby and yeah you, know, you I, said something to Abby after yeah the she show. has brilliant stage presence she just ca- like captures your attention so yeah. much that you can't look at anyone else at one point I'm like okay it's just me and her yeah I'm just looking at this. I was She's gonna say so what's so great is when she delivers this song yeah um. 
it is as if the whole play mm-hmm. was waiting for this moment. Like the whole play You're is right. great. Yeah. But it was like yeah. she took and owned that song so much. It was like the whole play, we were all just, we, we didn't right, even know right, it, but right. we were waiting for right. this this moment. I want to uh, give shout out where shout outs do. Director Lenny Bart did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And I, we had I met him before it, yeah. the show and I, and I had told him, <laughs> well, you know, nine times out of 10, we like we something. Love Peter, yeah. So exactly, we'll get back but... to you. <laughs> <laughs> and this was a, a no. nine out of ten. We liked it. Yeah, this one I, I have it. to say. We so we do now. Of course, shout out to Abby because she was not just because she's our friend, but she did a beautiful and amazing, mm-hmm. powerful performance. But um, Madame Armfelt was played by Jean Hardy, and she, yeah. so she's the grandmother. I just... <laughs> and she. Phenomenal, She's hilarious. She was amazing. She, yeah, I, I think she w- um, just was right on the beats and Always. just she, she delivered and the punchlines and everything. Embodied was, her character was, was so mm-hmm. perfectly. If just for that, go see it because. <laughs> I mean, she it just really she just has those lines that you're like, that's a grandma there. She is yes. so, you know, she's over well, life, but she's got it. <laughs> and grandma had a pat. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, grandma wow. got crazy. Mom, grandma, grandma got, got around. Crazy. Madame got around. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot. But everybody in this uh, show really turned in a really solid performance. Mm-hmm. I felt like uh, I, I don't think there was any sacrifice in the acting no, made, which can sometimes happen in, in community theater. And uh I think that's great. I will say, I'm not going to ruin the end to this, because this show still runs through the 5th of March um, at Spokane Civic. Yeah, Yeah, there is. I'm not going to lie, though. And Sondheim does his own thing, and I adore Sondheim. um, And I like his different Mm -hmm. music and all Mm -hmm. that, but I just want to say, you know, just wait for the ending. (laughs) Because I'm just like, that's It's suspense. Hey, you're gonna <laughs> have to go see it. That's what I have to say it. about the ending because you're just no. You're gonna no, have that's to go all see saying. it. Anyways, you can. Uh, I do want to reiterate mm-hmm. that on this show, we one of the things we like to do in in theatrical reviews is we're just honest. Yeah. So we would not uh, rave about the show if we didn't feel the performances uh, merited. Yeah. Some some uh, raving, and so you know when good things happen, you should make sure that y- you. Yeah. Say something. What, so what, Lenny Bart, director, great job. What's your score out of 10 on this one? Oh, this has to be a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10? Yeah. I yeah. really think it was so... And the caliber mm-hmm. of that... You know, you go to community theater, you have a certain expectation. Yeah. Uh, I really think that he rose with the show above. Sure. That yeah. expect... I, I feel... I agree. I Because I can't give the same score as you, it's right. an 8.5 out of 10 for eight me. 8.5 out of 10. Okay. Perfect. Because, right. you know, we kind of have... We, yeah, hey, you kind of, you know... You know, you got to do... Got to back it up a bit. I know. So, oh. I it's... I, I it was nice to go to mm-hmm. a show locally support Spokane and mm-hmm. actually get a a caliber show that it this, was great. You know, it was, all of it's it, funny. Yeah. Everybody involved, if we didn't Very mention much. name, you d- all did a great job. But the two standouts, of course, for us were Abby Crawford and then Gene Hardy yes. because uh, too much fun. They are. Now, last week, we also talked about um, a musical coming into the IMB Performing Arts Center here in Spokane. Um, It's going to be here February 28th through March 5th, and that is Kinky Boots. Um, And last week, we talked about it, and unfortunately, um, uh, Aaron Walpole was not able to call in, but today... They have gonna promised happen. us that they're they gonna promise. they're gonna make it work. <laughs> so why don't we take a song break and then okay. come back with, um, hopefully, 
someone from Kinky Boots. Exactly. Now, are you? I believe you're going to play Kenneth Mogan. Quen- Kenneth Mogan, and yeah. this song is from the movie A Very Sorted Wedding. Mm-hmm. It was featured in that. So let's give you a twofer. If you you should definitely be looking for that movie. It's absolutely hilarious. Right. And Kenneth Mogan, you should always be looking for him. Yeah. And if you want to know more, we did uh, interview. Um, uh, Del Shores, uh, Del Shores, and uh, yeah. Emerson, Emerson yeah. Cooper um, yeah. of sort of very sorted wedding on mm-hmm. our podcast. Yeah. Much- you are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, eighty-eight point one and ninety-two point three FM. This is outspoken. Now we're really excited, as we promised you last week. There were some technical difficulties, but we're very excited to see Kiki Boots when it comes through Spokane. And we're going to talk with Aaron Walpole, and he can correct me how I said his name in a minute. But he's here to tell us more about this Tony Award-winning Broadway musical coming to Spokane. Uh, so this actor. Uh, is going to tell us all the glory that is in this magical musical. Aaron, are you there? I'm right here, yeah. And you said my name correctly. No. Oh, okay, so That's a you first. should know how rare that is. So you are you have been blessed in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for taking time to come uh, talk to us about this show. Do you mind first giving our listeners, who maybe don't know, just a little synopsis about what uh, Kinky Boots is about? Well, it takes place in Northampton, England, in a small town. It's a factory town. Um, And uh, the majority of the story actually takes place in a small uh, shoe factory called Price and Sons. And this is a factory that's been passed down generation to generation uh, from father to son. And uh, in the first few minutes of the show, uh, you meet Mr. Price and you meet Charlie, his son, who doesn't actually want anything to do with making shoes. (laughs) He actually... uh, goes to school and uh, gets into uh, real estate marketing instead. But then um, through, uh, um, uh, well, he inherits the uh, the um, shoe factory shortly after he leaves mm-hmm. to go pursue that career and um, also inherits a problem with it. He finds out that the factory is not selling shoes very well and not, not turning a profit. And um, so he takes it upon himself to try to fix that problem and save um, all of his friends' jobs, all these people he's grown up with. Um, he wants to save their jobs and, and uh, ensure that the factory still runs, you know. Right. Well, and uh, he takes on this challenge, but he, in a roundabout way, has to figure out how to do that. And he finds, he meets this uh, uh, drag queen in London. Drag and, queens save and, everything, I'm just saying. They do. They run oh, the yeah, world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this drag queen, Lola, she kind of sparks an idea in him to change the factory from a men's shoe factory to a factory that makes kinky boots, boots for drag queens. Love this. Yeah. Right. It was tailor-made for Broadway, let's be honest. Exactly, because all you need is a musical and drag queens. Now, you play the role of Don. Tell us more about this character. Uh, Well, he's your... been working in the factory. His father worked in the factory before him. I mean, it's been like a lifelong thing. He's a small-town, closed-minded, blue-collar worker who, um, when he's introduced to Lola and her angels, um, he doesn't quite like it, doesn't quite (laughs) accept it, and uh, he ends up becoming Lola's arch-nemesis. Oh, nice. Yeah, and... um, but he, my character Don, actually represents the whole point of the show, I believe, which is love and acceptance. Right. And um, mm-hmm. I get challenged uh, throughout the near the end of the piece. Actually, I get challenged to just accept somebody, anybody for who oh. they are, oh. and that's it. That's my challenge. 
and um, I take that on, and I end up opening up, and uh, I realize that I can change the world when I change my mind, which is my last line in the show too, and that's that's the whole point of the piece. That is change absolutely world, beautiful. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. I'm very I'm very happy with this part. Oh, it's, I uh, would it's say great to represent change. Oh, see, I think that's amazing, and we need a lot more of that message uh, right now for sure. Now, this show Absolutely. is, yeah, right. This show is based <laughs> on true events, actually, and on the 2005 British movie Kinky Boots, which I saw years ago. Had you ever seen that movie prior to this show coming your way? No, no, I haven't actually. I, I ended up seeing the Broadway musical um, back when I was in New York. I was mm-hmm. in rehearsals for for Les Mis for Broadway. Oh, yeah. And uh, they gave us a bunch of tickets, and we went. The whole cast went. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I saw Dawn, too, I was just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> right. You're and like, you obviously that's... fell in love. Right, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. How can yeah. you not? <laughs> so with with being on uh, part of a cast of a big tour of a Broadway show like this, where is your home base, and where do you do all of the rehearsals You know, when you get ready for the tour? How does that work? Uh, well, when I joined the tour, I wasn't the only one joining. There were three others. Mm-hmm. Um and in fact, um, Adam Kaplan, who played Charlie um, prior to Kurt Hansen, is mm-hmm, on tour right, right now. And Tiffany Engen played Lauren um, prior to Rose Hemingway. And um, one of our other, our Lola Cover and another Swing actually uh, joined at the same time. So there are four of us rehearsing in New York. Oh. But it was kind of an interesting time because it was it was close to uh, um, what they call a layoff week. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so I rehearsed, we rehearsed one week in New York, then we had to fly out to Fort Worth, Texas to rehearse with the cast, because that was our only opportunity to actually have our, our put-in rehearsal with the cast. But then we went back to New York for a week because the cast was off for a layoff week. So we rehearsed in New York again and before flying out to Austin, Texas to uh, start doing the, to start performing. I just love the thought of the backdrop of Texas. You, while you while you're right. practicing this <laughs> show, I think that's brilliant. It's beautiful. You know, it's you know what's funny? The audiences in Texas loved it. They absolutely oh, loved the show. Love to hear um, that. And it, it wasn't it wasn't the uh, like everywhere we go, they love the show. Right. They're on oh, their yeah, feet at the end of the show. They're dancing. Like I walk <laughs> out at the beginning and I do like a pre-show speech. Uh-huh. Um, kind of kind of about cell phones and stuff. You know, turn. Oh off. yeah. Um, and uh, when I walk out. I get to see the audience because the lights are all up. Right. And I see, I see all the husbands who have been dragged there by their wives <laughs> and sitting there with their arms crossed, like just like, oh, oh I'd rather right. be doing anything else right now. Right. And by the end of the show, they're the ones that are on their feet and like they're screaming for me too at the end when I come oh. out and for my big reveal and all that too. That's so it's, awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Now, on a touring show like this one, uh, you go to so many cities. Uh, when you're touring the country, do you, is there like, do they have to change blocking depending on a new stage or how difficult is it to translate a show? Because all the stages must be different. Well, some stages are smaller than others. Um, It's usually the backstage is what changes the most for us. Okay. Um, We've been in theaters that have just a massive amount of space and like you, you just, it's, it's actually cavernous in some spaces. And then we've been in other ones, like older theaters, like the Schubert Theater in um, New Haven, Connecticut, mm-hmm. which is like an old Broadway, like a pre-Broadway house. I mean, Ethel Merman mm-hmm. did shows there. Yeah, like it's a classic. Bunch of people did pre-Broadway right. shows there. And uh, 
it's just like a Broadway theater where you don't have any room backstage. Right. right. We literally had to cross over, like go down a set of stairs to the basement to cross to the other side of the stage backstage, go up another set of stairs for another entrance on that side. And and like most of the stuff, most of the stuff they, we travel with a rigging system as well. Uh So they actually lift like the big set pieces and stuff that we don't use. They'll lift that stuff and, and store it actually above our heads. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah. Well, word has it that Spokane's uh, theater backstage is, is pretty big. I think yes, yeah, yeah, we've been back there, so you shouldn't have any problem yeah, with that, hopefully. Yeah, there's been nothing. No problem there. <laughs> um, now, I've, I've never been there, so... No. Oh, hey, this will yeah. be fun. It's an it's definitely a beautiful area. We'll make sure people treat you well here. Right. We'll, we'll spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, how close is the musical to the movie adaptation? I mean, uh, do you know, are there any parallels, or does it take its own little journey? Oh, there are definitely definitely parallel parallels, um, um, but there's just a lot more music, and the music is well, of course, more up tempo and energetic. And yeah. Cindy Lauper actually wrote an incredible oh, score for this. Oh, right. she's gotten uh, a Tony for it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yes, the music is so much better in this. Lola has a lot more stuff in it as well, um, and uh, some of the songs are just you have everything from like the the glitzy drag queen show right like when lola comes out her her entrance is she's in her drag club doing a show with the angels oh nice and so you get to see that kind of that side of things but then you have other um musical theater um serious kind of songs ballads and and that um later on one of my favorites is not my father's son Mm -hmm. and it's just a beautiful song that lola sings most of it but charlie comes in at the end too because they they find a um uh kind of a parallel between the two of their characters as well um, in terms of how their father's, not being their father's son, not being what their fathers wanted them to be. And uh, that's where they really, really connect in the show. And it's a beautiful, beautiful song. See, I'm excited. I know that a lot of people here maybe who haven't seen the show, they know the soundtrack. Uh, And so they're already probably very excited. Now, uh, before we let you go, Aaron, why do you think this musical has resonated so well with audiences? I mean, you even said it resonates in places that we would consider conservative. It just resonates universally. Why do you think that is? I think because we need this message more than ever. Um, uh, Like, I'm I'm lucky enough to be Canadian, so I can run away. (laughs) You know what I mean? I love that statement. Uh, you know, and I live with, uh, I'm married to a Swiss woman too. So oh, like, I mean, nice. I oh. Swiss woman, oh, it really gets bad, you know? <laughs> you but, lucky, lucky. Um, but I've got so many friends throughout the state yeah. now who are just absolutely terrified yeah. about having their marriages, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. mm-hmm. annulled, like it's not, no longer legal, you know? And yeah. it's, it's just ridiculous the way that the country has become so incredibly divided. Yes. Um, and it's dangerous. It's mm-hmm. really dangerous. And I was telling all my friends back here, too, during this whole election, they were all laughing, saying, you know, Trump's never going to win. Trump's never right? going to win. Right? I'm like, well, actually, touring through the States, I saw his following grow. And right. it grew, yeah. grew to a point where I was scared months before the election. Yeah. And, and it's just it's yeah, ridiculous it's... to think that in this right. day and age... Right. There's so much hatred. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. hatred Mm -hmm. is only there because it's been taught. Yes. And it's because of ignorance. Exactly. Because people don't know. 
Right. I mean, right. if you if you open yourself up to just allowing knowledge to come in, mm-hmm. yes, the knowledge of these different people, these differences, like this whole uh, Islamophobia thing that's going around too. It's it, I, I have friends who are who believe and practice Islam, and right, they're, they're not like that. Right. Yeah. They're not like they're not like ISIS. They are no. Nowhere near ISIS. Right. Yes. Well, well, and the, it's, you know, it's just like in Christians too. I mean, yeah. you got yeah. the KKK and the Westboro Baptist Church exactly. and this whole like bad you know, people not movement, and it's just ridiculous. And like, yeah. so many people have done things in the name of of whatever God they believe in. Exactly. exactly. Inhumane, and it's absolutely wrong. Well, and that's why we need wrong. this message of kinky boots, um, because it's that acceptance uh, yeah, for everyone. And I think, yeah, it's so important. So, and you're yeah. right; it is important now more than ever that we mm-hmm. fight for what real freedom is, because it's being shut down every single day uh, in yeah. this administration. Like, so, what does it really hurt you that two men or two women want to get married? Does exactly. it really hurt you, yeah, as an individual? Right. Does it hurt your lifestyle? Exactly. No, it doesn't. No. It does not hurt your lifestyle. It goes against something that you were taught was wrong. Exactly. And, and that's wrong. Preach See, it. I love Preach it. it. You you are on the right show, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to say, this uh, is what we I mean, love. I've, one of the reasons why I stuck with it so long, too, because I've, I've got a, a son back home, too. Actually, I've got them with me on tour right now, and Edmund oh, nice. is joining me, my wife and my, my son. He's almost a year old, oh. and I'm missing his life, too, when I'm touring around. Right. But one of the big reasons why I, I actually extended my tour, my contract, to uh, the middle of June this time around is because of this message mm-hmm. and oh, because yeah, people no. really need it. Yep. Yeah. Well, they need to hear it. Yeah, and and thank you so much for uh, you know you know, being a part of this and spreading that message, whether it's on stage or in person. Uh, and thanks for coming on our show. If if you guys, uh, any of our listeners are in Spokane uh, from February twenty eighth through March fifth, please go see Kinky Boots at the IMB Performing Arts Center. We'll, and we we'll will we'll, we'll you cheer you from the very beginning of the cell phone speech. We're there. That's right. We'll be there. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Aaron, so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. And again, that was actor Aaron Walpole, and he is playing the part of Don, the the blue collar worker who is is very stubborn on not wanting to open up to different things. But you get to watch his transformation throughout that whole musical. Yes, it's going to be good. Sandy Lopper's in it. Woo-hom. Well, so, she's not in the one in. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's not in it at all. She wrote the music. She wrote That's it. what yeah, I'm trying did. to say there. That's, that, yes, I, her music. But in it. we're going to continue our support of all of the indie artists mm-hmm. that we've had on our show over the past three and a half years. Uh, who who do we want to say you know, shout out to right now? Right now, it's it's out to Steve Grand. Um, oh. I don't know how indie he is anymore. He's gotten pretty pretty popular. Yeah, proud actually, of him. But, um, proud d- of him. Yeah, we, it was way back when we talked to him. Exactly. So he's he's doing well. Um, but this is all American boy because why not? You know, right? It's, it's a it's a good one. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane eighty eight point one and ninety two point three FM, and this is well, it's outspoken. Right, and I just want to say that. Uh, to Steve Grand, last time you were on your show, you can be my all-American boy. Yes, anytime you want, anytime because <laughs> that is good so stuff. So, because we're grateful for Hotman at this point, yeah. um, let's show you tell you other things we're grateful for. Outspoken received support from Instant Sign Factory, celebrating 25 years serving the Inland Northwest's indoor and outdoor sign needs. More information at one eight seven 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 eight. 
1-800-926-7446 and online at instantsignfactory.com. Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue, more information is available at 509-747-1621. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org. I just have to say, so we're, uh, we were playing the video to Steve Grant's All-American Boy, yeah. and there is a scene... That he goes skinny dipping, mm-hmm. and I'm just saying, there, there we is. almost forgot to turn the mics on because I mean that was just mesmerizing. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, you get to get to see just right, just, but it was exciting enough. back in the day. Um, it was before he even got bigger. Right. Uh, to talk to him and to you know, we like supporting those that are coming up. Listen, we're doing the same thing. It's uh, it's everybody's the struggling coming, for their you know? yeah for what they believe is their purpose, and mm-hmm. so I'm glad we were able to to support him and and Kenneth Mogan before that, who of course we'll be talking to later this week, uh, for the Martini Lounge. So a lot of fun. One of yeah. the things I thought Aaron Walpole, who is the actor playing Don in Kinky Boots, he re he refocused or or, or supported the stance we were just talking about, which is artists, their whole purpose is to. Mm-hmm. Is to be opinionated. Is right. to look at the world. It's and, almost their responsibility. And he and I will say, not typically do when we have uh, an actor from one of the shows coming through Spokane. Mm-hmm. Are they as opinionated as he was? And I yeah. think that was amazing. But one of the things I found fascinating that he said is, "Listen, I'm I'm lucky to be from Canada, and I look at what's going on in our country right now, and I think, what do other countries think? And fascinating to get a little peek from someone who's not from America right, right. going." Basically saying, you all are better than this. What is happening? Well, I know. First of all, I think it depends on the country because let's just talk about well, what Russia thinks. Right. Um, Russia's like I think they party, just, yeah, I think they're they like, think... well, we asked for Ukraine, but we got the United States instead. So that's fine. Yeah. Right. They just walked right in, yeah. took, took everything. And, and 18 kind security of, agencies oh can't be gosh. wrong for all you people who want. Right. I feel like those are the people right. who want to say the Holocaust never happened. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's like, no, actually, this did happen. 18 security, security agencies agency. have found evidence yeah. of this. So stop exactly. telling me that Russia didn't meddle. Right. You can't just dismiss that. Please, first of all, don't dismiss it, address it, and fix it. Why are you in bed with Putin? Why why is that happening? Why are we giving that? Talk about this week, um, actually, just yesterday. Yeah. uh, Trump was having, for some weird reason, a campaign rally, even though he's president, uh, down (laughs) in Florida. It doesn't make sense. And he, yet again, what's that I'm tired of is just accepting that he lies. Uh, Yet again, this time he says that there. He goes, look at what happened. The refugees are ruining the world. Look what happened last night in Sweden. And then Sweden was like, what happened? What yeah. happened last night? Did we miss it? I was like here. And here we are again, Kellyanne Conway with the Bowling mm. Green massacre. It's Trump is saying something happened in Sweden last night. Nothing. Nothing happened nothing last happened. night in Sweden. He makes things up in nothing. his speeches. When are we going to go? Oh, and right now, I'll tell you, some of the tweets from, from Swedes are pretty hilarious. Yeah, I know. They're like, <laughs> um, Trump made us aware of a terrorist group named Ikea. Yeah. That is, I mean, I, I've seen tweets just we Ikea. Yeah. I mean, the, and uh, here's all that the thing. Stuff. It's true. It's like many European countries, like many just countries around the world, like in the last few years, there have been issues, yeah. but they are not directly linked to, to mm-hmm. refugees. No. Um, and that the lie you said to support your other lies it's just, aren't we tired? 
Yeah. And let me just say this to those that don't. So people want to make it all about, well, if you are mad about Trump and his line now, that means you wanted Hillary. So therefore, I'm against Hillary. So therefore, I'm against you. It's this weird, murky, yeah. you know, place. The fact is, shouldn't we all be like, mm, it's probably bad that this president's lying ratio is like at 75 percent. Mm-hmm that nothing that's coming out of the White House can be confirmed. And a lot of times it's just made up. And right. then the only response when he's called on it is to say that the, the it's fake media. But facts are not fake, and you can't just say that and, and you pretend that no. lets you off the hook. Why, Shouldn't all Americans be Why concerned? is there a movement that dismisses actual media as fake media because it doesn't support their well, way of thinking? They will say, okay, well, that's fake media, when really... In reality, you're not being supported by facts. Well, and we, it shouldn't be about media, real like either way. It should be about facts and truth. Well, let's period. talk about something else that happened, which is Breitbart News. Oh my, which gosh. is Bannon's old I, playground, was, yeah. was given a place at the um at the table. They was given a press uh, audience inside mm-hmm. with the other press corps. They get, are given a front row seat, even, um, and that happened. And I want to say, and so someone said, one of the congressmen said, I think we should only get your news from the president and then Breitbart is his favorite mouthpiece that he has quoted many times to support his well if you look at Breitbart their credibility is not that good none and it's all racial uh, 90% of it is a a racially motivated stuff it's an outright what you're saying if you agree with this congressman and you think that Breitbart is the only news source that should be what you're saying is you want state-run media right so yeah, you want absolutely. to move to Russia because where you're only given propaganda, you. yeah. and you're and it's called news because it's I'm what it's going to say. Is government. that another tie to Russia? Are it we is. seeing a pattern? I mean, come on. When the literally Breitbart is run by people in the government who then support it by the same news source and mm-hmm. then quote that as truth, and it becomes a circle of well, Breitbart said it's true, but Breitbart was caused by the, yeah. It, the, it is our you, own version you can't of the Greek. Uh, do that. Yeah, of of the paradox. Right. That's, and it's our version of it. If there is this culture of not questioning our leaders, let alone our president, you on our facts, very you should be very afraid. Because hello, North Korea. Yeah. Hello, actual yeah. dictatorship and communism. Right. That's an authoritarian state. And state-run media. Listen, this is I scary, may not guys. agree with certain media outlets like Fox News, yeah. but I know that it's important that there be options for everyone. Exactly. And I exactly. also, listen, in my daily life, I send out emails to my fellow mm-hmm. coworkers with information, and I always give them a fun fact, right? And then I'm always asked, is that true? In the simplest thing of a fun fact in an employee newsletter that I do, I check sources yeah. so that I can say, well, yeah, I, I went on and I found three other sources that corroborate that this was a real thing. I found a pictures. Yeah. You know, I don't just say, oh, I found it on a site that said crazy facts, and then I called it true. Right, right. Um, and <laughs> right. I mean, if I will do that as a citizen about you know, the sound of a swan mm-hmm. quacking or whatever swans do, the swan songs. If I will do that for something that is just mundane, why can't you do it for a bigger picture? Shouldn't we do that for yeah. all things? It's called right. fact checking, and I don't care who you are. Exactly. Everyone needs to exactly. do it. So, and you, know you what? don't need to say, I heard it's it on Fox News, exactly. so it was true. I heard it on Breitbart, so it was true. Yeah. That doesn't count. And say it goes both ways. Everyone is exactly. everyone is guilty of this at some point. I mean, yeah. even even if you get on CNN or MSNBC or whatever, yes, Rachel Maddow said thing. it. Okay, look into it, maybe. Find out if that's the truth, because guess what? Every single president that we've ever had has lied to some degree or yes. had some untruth, because yes. that's that's human nature. 
to a point. But here's where it really breaks down to becoming a problem. It isn't the fact that there's untruth. It's the fact that when he is confronted with facts that disprove him and say, you are absolutely wrong about this. There's no way to do it. He says, well, the people believe me, so there's no problem here. Exactly. That How is, is that not an, an argument. You cannot keep defending your lies by saying, well, people believe me, so it's fine. No, no. A fact. Because that doesn't make it true. No, that does not make it true. Believe that literally that's like saying, uh, hello, let's talk about Christianity. That's kind of how that runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's like saying if everyone believed in unicorns, they'd be true. They'd be yeah, real. Because guess what? Even no. if everyone believes in unicorns and I want to, it doesn't mean... It doesn't mean they're I'm out there. I'm sorry, honey, it but it doesn't work. Because the fact is the fact. And so what I wish we could do is just agree. It's not about, I no. wish Hillary was in office. It's not, it's it's not, not about, about that anymore. Anything. Right now, it's about as a country, How as do a we whole, get there and how do we get out? We should understand this isn't the best for us. Yeah. And the solution, I don't know what the solution is. So it's not even about Republican, Democrat. It's about there's a problem. We all need to agree, yeah. okay, this is taking us down a road that we don't need to be going mm-hmm. down. So let's fix the problem. Yeah. It's not about your stupid issues of whose side is winning. and who. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your sides. The fact is... Do you not see what's going on? And what I have a big problem with is willful ignorance. Yes. People who spout what he says is true when it has been debunked and you can prove that he has no facts, but they still willfully want to believe it. That's willful ignorance. And that's called lazy citizenship. Exactly. And I have no respect for that. Exactly. Maybe, maybe look at it, see what you can take out of it and learn more information. I mean, how did, first of all, how did we get here? How did we get to a place? Where someone could say that uh, could Bowling, lie and then make that Bowling work. Green massacre happen, and all of a sudden people are believing it. What the right. heck? And you then, cannot just make up well, stuff like that. And you this, cannot write your own yeah. history like that. No, and I know that we've always done that to some extent in the history books. We wrote our own. It's, but the point is, do you not yeah. see what's happening? Yeah. Right now, in front of your face. It's and right there. This is what I always say. You know, one of the litmus tests I have mm-hmm. for people is if if you ever for one second believe that your humanity supersedes another, yeah. then that is telling you that there's a problem. So yeah. if you believe this needs to go on because you do believe that you deserve... No, everybody's on the same level playing field. Mm-hmm. There's a problem if there's ever any, I'm better than a refugee, right. I'm better than the LGBT community. I'm mm-hmm. better than transgender people wanting to use a bathroom. I'm better than gay people wanting to get married because somehow you're better. Well, already there's a symptom of a problem that you yes. maybe need to check yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? There is systematic, systematic there um, is. Uh, problems here and racism and, and supremacy and all that stuff, but acknowledge it and do better next time. And do better. Be intentional about that. And here's the thing. America has far less time yeah. than they've ever had in history to do better. It's, you need to do better exactly, yesterday exactly. because for a lot of things, it's too late. Yeah. So do you want to turn it around? Then turn it around and start talking to each other and understanding that, mm. okay, this is probably not the path we need to be on. How do we fix it together? It's yeah. not about Team Hillary, Team Bernie, Team Trump. I don't honestly It's care about Team Humanity. Yes. And we need to know that. And we need to get together, figure it out. And move on, because yeah. I cannot believe that we are still having these conversations and these problems. Oh. I mean, hundreds of this, years. These, we can't figure this, this out. Is, these are young country problems. Yeah. Young, we are not that young no. people. No. I mean, this should not be something that we're even dealing with. How can we make such huge strides mm-hmm. forward and then back it up? 
by a century. Right. The next, you know, right. the next cycle. I don't, I am very concerned every day when I wake up. You know, like we joked about last week, give me one morning when I don't see a CNN alert Gosh. that freaks me out and gives me exactly. a panic attack. The fact is, this man has proven to be, you know, an active liar, and we need to do something about it. Exactly. Do you know how our reputation in this world is going? And you may want to believe that it's <laughs> one America and we're the only thing that matters. But we're the not. truth is, like I mean, we said earlier, you can believe it all you want and it isn't true. We yeah. live in a global mm-hmm. community. Truly. And the way we are seen yeah. is oh, the way we're going to be treated. And right now, yeah. we are a global joke. Exactly. And we have earned it. And you know what? It takes one, it, whether you like it or not, it takes one major country called China to yeah. decide they don't like us to have our economy collapse. We, you think that we are so self-reliant. You think right. that we're number one right now. Those days are fading away fast. Right. Those and so days are shouldn't fading. we be planning for the future? Exactly. But we How don't. do we adapt? How yeah. do we get back on track? Yeah. How, how do we work together? Why yeah. are we and fighting adapting everybody? adapting is a beautiful thing, and we are fighting adapt- yeah. adaptation right it, now. There was a story this morning which um, kind of just, I mean... Have we not learned that every single thing that, you know, Trump has promised to do is not going to work? He's going to try and do it. He's going to put it in effect, but it's not going to do what he wants to do. Right. There was a story this morning that the largest coal factory on the West Coast, on the East Coast, um, is closing down and there's nothing anybody can do about it because the money's just not there. Yeah. Period. You can, Trump, you can want to save coal jobs, but you're not going to be able to. You're going to be a superhero and do that. That is gone. That's like saying, I want to save horse drawn carriages. Well, you know what? Yeah. Not going to happen. And you can save them, but you're not going to make any money. No, you're not going to make any money. No one's going to really want that because people don't like riding horse-drawn carriages. We have, yeah, we like... We do it on, on Valentine's Day and Christmas, and then we're fine. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a fine. romantic outing. Or we're Amish. Those yeah. are our only options. Well, yeah. And... <laughs> And you were right. And the fact is, we're not looking forward. If we want to look forward, yeah. we already know that fossil fuel is is uh, finite. That Absolutely. It, there is, it is a non-renewable resource. It's, and it's getting more and expensive. And here's the thing. Those are facts. Yes. Well, there you go. So what happens? So w- if you're looking at something that is no longer going to be of service to you mm-hmm. or your humanity around you, shouldn't the, the thing to do be right. to look and go, okay, so as we move forward... How do we start learning what we need to learn so that we can continue? Otherwise, if you've tied yourself to fossil fuels, then you've tied yourself to an expiration date. You have. Because when they end, you end. Because you didn't bother to look forward and go, okay, where do we need to adapt? Where do we need to learn? And how do we go further? Right. You are going to need a plan for the future because eventually it's going to go away. It's like if you have, and this is, this is uh, low-key directly to you, Jonathan. Oh, I'm, If I'm you ready. have <laughs> a bad car that is falling <laughs> apart, you're going to need a plan to replace that car because you know it's going to die yes. one of these days and, and you're going to be stranded and it doesn't on the matter. middle of the highway. Yeah, and it, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter what how bad I don't want to yeah. deal with that. It doesn't mean you can believe that, that goes away. Yeah, that magically it's going to work forever, but it's yes. not. Well, and that's why. So what did I do? Because, listen, sometimes I'm smart. <laughs> I got together with the smart friend right. <laughs> and we made a plan yes. because we know that is coming Adapt. in my future. Adapt. And then we created a plan right. so that we know there is a timeline to where you make the change. Mm-hmm. I get a new car, whatever it takes. But you look it in the face. Listen, we're all... You deal with your problems. Yeah. yeah. I, I recently had to go to urgent care for you an did. issue. Yeah. And I didn't want to go to urgent care for an issue. But the two choices were ignore something that could be... A horrible thing that becomes that could a be life, deadly, really a life threatening thing. If I ignore it just because I don't want to deal with yeah. it, or go and mm-hmm. have 
a very painful procedure done, but know that you're getting <laughs> it you're dealt with. you're a trooper. You're yeah. a trooper. <laughs> but those are the things we need to look at. I yes. know denial is very tempting. Mm-hmm. I understand that comfort is beautiful, but if your comfort is false... Mm-hmm. It's not really comfort because it means in the end, the monster you're afraid of that you think you're ignoring yeah. is the monster that is going to eat you. Denial is full of monsters and they're called crocodiles and they will chomp they you up. They will okay? chomp you up. Don't. So can we agree that as a country, and listen, I want you to put your logic hat on and stop with the blinders right. that tell us, right. oh, but you guys are dirty liberals. I don't I don't care. Listen, yeah, exactly. I if want that's you to where look. we're at, fine. Stay there. Don't progress. Just yeah. You're fine. Stay there. But I don't have look time. And seriously I don't have time look and say exactly look at some of the facts quote unquote that he is given yeah. look at yeah. the white house house right now and try to verify those facts mm-hmm. if you can't look and go wait maybe maybe you still want to stick to republican and that's fine right but can't you at least agree this yeah is not the republican exactly. that needs to be in office exactly and you understand know? and this is honestly if you're a liberal, Democrat, uh, if you're a libertarian, independent, yeah. Republican, whoever you are, please, 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 please uh, go and check your news sources. Oh. Follow up. Learn what a scholarly news source is, because that's going to be an important word, I think, yes. coming up. Yes. Um, uh, learn how to double check, fact check it. And if if your news source is consistently unreliable, stop. There you go. Learning from and it. And then find a new it. news stop. source. Yes, it doesn't mean... You're not going to have a favorite one you like or whatever. But if your only rule, litmus test for what you will love and support is Mm -hmm. that they agree with you, then you're not playing That's a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, not everything, not all facts do I like. No, exactly. But all facts should I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should. Because it's the only way to make real and good decisions Mm -hmm. about your life because if you think mm-hmm. living in Spokane or a tiny town like Kashmir in the middle of Washington, if you think you are protected from what's going on nationally, you aren't. You so are would not. you do you want to wait no. till it does affect your life directly? Do you want to wait that long? Because it's too late. I was gonna say, because by yeah. that time, then yeah. it's over. Because you know what? It's it's like that quote when they came for uh, when, uh, they, when they came for yeah. the Catholics or what when they came ahead, for the communists. You know it, you know when it. they came for yeah, I I didn't stand up. I didn't stand up. And, and then there was no one. Exactly. By the time they came for me, there was no one left. And there's exactly. an eloquent quote out there about that. But the truth it, it's is, too long if for, you stand for, for nothing, <laughs> exactly. you know, I yeah. mean, you'll fall for anything. Exactly. There's the other what cliche you I can for, throw yeah. at you. Um, and the problem is this. Listen, it's 70. Do you know it's the 75th anniversary of sending uh, Asians to camps in mm-hmm. america 75 yeah. years the japanese not even a century yeah. a lot of people within their lifetime that are alive today remember being sent to have camps. gone today is yes. 75 year anniversary should we not for one moment yeah. look at that and go oh yeah here's maybe here's a book learn. it's quick it's like i think 100 or 200 pages it's a real quick read um this is on your reading list this this week Farewell to Manzanar. Just go read it. Um, go find out what these Japanese internment camps were like because it mm-hmm. was brutal and it was awful. And we do not, as a humanity, we are better than this. We were better than this, honestly, 75 years ago. We were better than this. But we yet it been. happened exactly. because that stuff happened in the Middle Ages. That was barbarian. Yeah, right? What happened to people. Yeah. That Holocaust go happened. Find that's barbarian. The, go find the uh, film version of the play Allegiance. Um, there you go. That, that's, of course, that's another we, one. we've talked about exactly. on the show that deals yeah. directly with what it was like to be in the Jap- in the uh, Asian internment camps, uh, the Japanese internment camps that happened in America just, yeah. just 
75 it can years happen. ago. My grandma is still alive and she's 100. So that and means when she was 25 years yeah. old, yeah. within her lifetime, she saw what happened. Right. That it's not a myth, right. that it happened in front of our faces. Mm-hmm. And if we choose to ignore these facts now, we are heading back to repeat well, the same Well, it's like things. at the Black Lens uh, anniversary party, we met a woman who lived through the rise of Hitler. Yeah. Who saw it and all she happening. She talked about, she and lived she in Texas said, and she watched yeah. it in the news. And, and she said this parallels dangerously close to that. It feels exactly like what was going on back then. Yeah. And that alone, I mean, we all kind of cognitive, cognitively know that that's happening, but that alone, hearing it from the source that yeah. has seen it before yeah. is terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. You can convince yourself or try to all you want right. that all of the facts you want to believe are true yeah. are true, but if they're not facts, it doesn't matter. Exactly. It doesn't it matter. It doesn't. You can believe whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, let's let's uh, <laughs> celebrate and support another indie artist we've had <laughs> yeah. on the show before. How about that? How about that? Let's do... Um, this is Garrick with Save the Queen. You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is outspoken. It is. I have to say about that song. First of all, we love him. Yes, he's, uh, we do. And I think he's very talented. Yeah. But also, the first part of that last sentence I'm with, sometimes I like someone to wash my hair. Yeah. Good. I don't want them to kiss my feet because I don't like people touching my feet. Really? But they can wash my hair. Yeah. Hey, I know some people don't mind it. I'm not like repulsed by it, but it, I, no. It's just not like a preference? Yeah. yeah. All right. Like well, it. that's okay. I'm just, to each their own, you know? I'm helping you see more into my world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody out there wanted to hear that, They Jonathan, did. So, so they know they you. can wash my hair now. That's important. Yeah. I know. Good. Gerald. Gerald washes my hair when we go get our haircuts. Exactly right. There you (laughs) go. That's a thing. Roscoe can if he licks your hair. He He does dog washing. Yes, exactly. And that's not good. I don't like that. But he, I do need to give him a good, thank you for reminding me. bath. Yeah. Roscoe gets Does he like baths? No. No. Remember he. Most dogs don't. He's so terrified that he is paralyzed. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> He'll just he stay just there <laughs> stiff as a board and be hey, like, that helps, right? That? It does. Yeah, because I've had dogs just... in the past that like become gosh, yeah. violent. Yeah. They they bite, they squirm, <laughs> yeah, they, they freak it out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I saw a, one of my friends had uh, just bought a new house and they, I, I don't know where they bought this house. It's way out there in the country, but it's gorgeous. Yeah. And they, in, um, so below their deck, they have like a downstairs, like living room lobby area. Yeah. Where, I don't know what lobby. it's called. <laughs> I don't. I don't, uh, it's I don't know. It's not a house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, they have a specific doggy bath there with a door that opens. You can oh. put your dog in. You close it, and a they big, have that big for elderly people as well. Well, it looks a little like that, but it's a little right, higher. Right. Yeah, I, I think know, you I have need to. Like, a, I need a dog one like that. Yeah, because Roscoe already is like only like oh, he's tiny. two feet tall. You could wash At him most. in the sink. What are you I complaining could, I could, about? Right? <laughs> I think you Except do. He weighs. He's he, he's an eater. He's oh. A, he weighs right. a little more than that's right. That's right. Should. Well, <laughs> hey, that's that'll be fixed soon. Um, right, you, you're gonna go on walks. Hey, I'm we sure. made it to the second hour. <laughs> we you're did. welcome. And we're okay. So I I said on Twitter this week that we might be obsessed, maybe with, with one day at a time on Netflix. Maybe, but I also said sorry, not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry is right. But I know. So we're we are uh, excited. Yeah, and uh, we're actually bringing up. Speaking of uh, one day at a time, we're bringing on. Uh, Gloria Calderon Kellen, and she will tell me whether I said yeah, that we wrong. Will tell you I, how to I say said the it name wrong. We, let's just admit it right here, right now. <laughs> uh, but she's a successful playwright, writer, producer, actress, literally everything. Um, and she's known for her work behind the scenes on shows 
such as How I Met Your Mother, Rules of Engagement, Devious Maids, and of course, the Netflix Netflix hit series that we've been obsessed with, One Day at a Time. Um, she also hails from our neck of the woods, the Pacific Northwest, so we're just thrilled to be talking to her. Uh, Gloria, are you there? I'm here. I'm Hi. here. Hi, guys. Hi. Okay. Welcome. Well, correct me on how I pronounce your name. It's Gloria Calderon Kelly. You said it. Oh, oh my gosh. That was actually, wow. I know. That's beautiful. Really amazing. I I have to say, we are on a streak today of of saying people's names right. I get my own wrong. I know. I mean, it's the, look, it's the Americanized version. I mean, it'd be Calderon, technically. Oh, I like that, though. Calderon. Yeah, Calderon Kellett. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> okay, That's I think sexy. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. We have we have on a wonderful <laughs> actor from down there all the time, and his name is Paolo, but it's really Paolo. And Paolo, so, Paolo, Paolo yeah. And Calderon, I'm in. We're in. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I guess we'll actually interview you now. now <laughs> Maybe. That That's great. <laughs> That's all out of the way. So before we get to this amazing reimagining of One Day at a Time, um, that we're obviously obsessed with. Can we rewind back? Because we mentioned you're from our neck of the woods. You grew up in Oregon. Uh, we're Portland. In Portland. Where? Oh, see? my Ooh. I have family in Portland. I get That's it. That's amazing. Portland so, and, and technically Beaverton. So I was born in oh, okay. Portland, but then we moved gotcha. to Beaverton. Oh, yeah. I've been there, too. outside of Portland for yeah, those yeah. that you don't know. Yeah. Uh, sure. Beautiful. And we have some rain just to make you feel at home right now. But Aww. can we start I, with, where did the seeds... Yeah. What was it right? So rare. What? Where are the seeds of entertainment? Where did they begin for you when you were growing up? When did you, you get know, bit I by just, the bug? I think I was always sort of a ham, and I uh, Cubans are incredible storytellers, and mm-hmm. I both my parents are Cuban, and uh, I just kind of grew up around great storytellers, and so I think I I was drawn to something involving that, and uh, I I started acting. I still act here and there, but. Mm-hmm. Primarily, uh, I have been writing, and I and I just love it. I just love it. So right. yeah, in college is really when I started writing for the first time, mm-hmm. and I I just loved it. I just fell in love with it. Yeah, because well, you have never stopped. You, you have and you a lot. do everything. I mean, uh, we just talked about it. You're an, a writer, an actor, um, uh, playwright, and you also produce. And can, can you kind of explain to our listeners? That's the one thing where I feel like nobody really knows. Oh, producer, you are the they're in charge. But what, what, yeah, what what does a producer really do in terms of you know all of these projects? Well, different producers do different things. So for television, we write and produce the episodes, meaning. We write it, but then we also oversee the coming together of all of the departments right. to make the final product, right? So producing means I'm making, I'm overseeing the wardrobe, I'm overseeing the props and costumes, I'm overseeing, um, you know, what the rest, if there's a restaurant, what that restaurant's going to look like. And right, right. I'm dictating to the, to the uh, uh, department who, you know, makes our amazing uh, sets you know, what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And if there's a doll, I tell them what the doll's supposed to look like. And pro- I mean, everything, every, we really, uh, every single look as well as the content is produced to make sure that the vision of the writer mm-hmm. or in our case, writer producer is comes to fruition. There's also producers that just are the people that go and, and find the money to make the product. Oh, right. That's sure. a different right. kind of producer. Um, and then we have line producers, which are the people who put together all of the people on set that are doing, you know, the stage hands, the 
all of all of the IOTC kind of members. Well, so, I feel like what you were saying to me, as I am a control freak, is that I was supposed to be a producer. <laughs> oh, maybe. They're, they're yeah. like they're like there's, the captains of the time. ship. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and yeah, and I let we wanted to make sure we asked that because I do feel like uh, you all are the unsung heroes when we have a show that we fall in love with. That I mean, it's an important integral part of putting a show on is to have a producer. I mean, I, I feel like. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Oh, and I yeah. think we we forget to talk about that. Now, you uh, you have you are also an award winning, sorry, critically acclaimed playwright. Like you you got your stuff together. You have been out there many times. You have written so many plays. Can you yes. tell us how different is it to write for television than it is to write a stage play? Well, a stage play is primarily a proscenium art, and characters. Usually in one set, depending on the play, sometimes it can be various sets. But it's, mm. it's much more um, clean storytelling. You know, it's really just about the people and the experience the audience is having with this intimate right, uh, right. production often. You know, maybe even, even Broadway shows might be, you know, 500 or 1,000, but that's not right. that many people considering. Right. Uh, and really what we do on One Day at a Time is, is the closest of anything to playwriting and putting up plays uh, because we have a live studio audience of about 200 people. Right. And we have the proscenium of most of the action takes place in this apartment kitchen set. Yeah. Uh, so it's very similar. And our scenes, because of Netflix, you know, we get to have these really long scenes, mm-hmm. which uh, are, are rare, actually, for, for television comedy these days. Right. So weirdly, that my start is, has prepared me better than anything for what I'm doing now. Yeah. See, and that's amazing. Well, in you know that intimate. You talked about the the intimate part of theater that really kind of comes through with one day at a time. You can you can definitely tell that connection because it yeah. does it does feel that way. Now, well, before we get to more one day at a time, I just wanted to to ask you. You worked with one of the best TV shows, uh, in my opinion, out there. Of course, uh, How I Met Your Mother. And you got to share that experience with great actors like Neil Patrick Harris and Jason Segel. Uh, what was that like? What was it like being on, you know, there with all of them? It was great. It, we knew it was something special when yeah. the guys, you know, Carter Bays and Craig Thomas created and ran that right. show. And uh, we were all babies. You know, we were 30, I think 29 or 30 when that show started and kind of all at the beginning of relationships and none of us had kids yet. And, right. and we were all kind of coming off of having dated and done great dating lives and we really went in there and told our dating stories and shared with one another what we were going through at that time of just exiting our 20s and entering mm-hmm. our 30s and it was uh, it was great it was great to be there uh I, I got to spend three years there and and had such an amazing time with all of them and the actors also that was the case where the actors also elevated the material and, right right which uh, is always so great. Nice. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> See, and I think that's amazing. You talk about, you know, I really think it's this relationship where you can have great actors and they're given bad material. So, you know, you're losing something or you have great writing and the actors that can't deliver it. You really need to, to work together. And one of the things about One Day at a Time is and that you feel when you watch it is you connect to those actors. They are delivering those lines. They take you from, you know, this poignant, sad to this 
hilarious. And I think that's one of the, the great, the great uh, magic pieces of One Day at a Time. So with this hit Netflix show that just, I mean, it only debuted at the beginning of January. You yeah. already have, it seems, a large following and fan base. How did you manage to create something fresh and exciting out of a, a, this classic Norman Lear show from the 70s? How do you recreate it and still have people so excited? Well, first of all, thank you. That's so nice. Oh, good. Yeah, mint. That's definitely <laughs> That's heartfelt. That's so nice. Um, I, that means a great deal. Uh, you know, we really just set out, Mike and I, Mike Royce, who's my, my writing and producing partner on this project, we really set out to just make a show that we would like. You know, we really uh, wanted to honor what Norman has done and the right, work of right. Norman. And Mike and I both are kind of crybabies and we like <laughs> laughter through tears because we yes. Yes. like that's yeah. life, you know? Right. And really the shows I felt like I grew up on had elements of that, you know, mm-hmm. Cosby show and family ties mm-hmm. and growing pains. Those were not laugh, 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 laugh. Yeah. You know, they, they were real moments these families were having and there would be a lot of laughter throughout that, but there were also really real moments. And I feel like we've, Moved away. The trend has sort of moved away from that over the last yep. few years as, as it happens. And yeah, exactly. We missed that. You know, both that he and I were nostalgic for that and obviously for the type of important work that Norman does where mm-hmm. he talks, you know, social commentary. That's mm-hmm. also sort of been lacking in, in the comedy space mm-hmm. uh, for a while. And, and we're, we're really proud of shows like uh, Carmichael, We're Founds Of, right. and, and Blackish, and Real oh. Meals. You know, those are shows that are doing that right now that we really loved. And we wanted to be in that conversation. We wanted to also be taking on issues like that. So when you have Norman's name attached, right. you know, his brand, I suppose you would say, people kind of know that that's going to come. And so it really allowed us the license to mm-hmm. tell mm-hmm. the types of stories that we really wanted to tell. And we just talked about things going on in our lives. You know, Mike has teenagers. My, my kids were really small still, but right. Mike has teenagers and, my mom and I are largely, you know, based on the Penelope Lydia relationship is really, really my mom and I. So nice. I would talk about stories with my family and he would talk about stories about his family. And then we have an incredible group of writers um, who run the gamut from 24 to 94 when Norman is in the room. Right. Um, and we are, you know, we are queer and straight and, you know, Catholic and agnostic and atheist. And it's such Love an incredible it. room of of uh, diverse people that the great conversations that come out of there are also really amazing. So yeah, yeah. We, we mine all of that and, and try to funnel it into the show and, and create something that's hopefully entertaining, but also maybe thought provoking. Right. Yeah, def- definitely thought provoking. Yeah, and that's, say yes that's the that. key. There's such a balance between the humor and the thought provoking. Now, Gloria, why did you choose the show to be your, uh, your project or did, did the show just choose you? Well, I had come off of uh, doing iZombie, and mm-hmm. I, I'm such a fan of, of Rob Thomas and Diane Ruggiero, right, that when that offer came along, I had to take it. But I am not a procedural writer. I, it is not right. my forte. Yeah. So I had come off of doing that show, and I had a great time with them, but I was like, oh, that's, that's not what I do. And I've been doing this now for a decade, and I really wanted to develop my own thing. It, it felt like it was the right time. I had... I had done, like you said, How I Met Your Mother. I had done Rules of Engagement, which is a straight-up multicam. Mm-hmm. I had done Devious Maids, which was a soap, a one-hour soap. <laughs> and then I had come off of doing a procedural. So I was like, all right, I've done everything. What do I want to do? And I was like, I would like to do a multi-camera family. It's time. It's time for me to write my family. Right. It's time. Oh. And the moment I sort of told my agents that that was my intention, 
they said, well, this is weird. Norman Lear wants to meet with you to talk about rebooting one of his shows with the oh, family. very cool. And yeah. maybe maybe those two uh, things can line up. And so, of course, when somebody says Norman Lear wants to meet with you, you go. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, you go to that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so I went, and, uh, and he is so incredibly disarming and charming and interested in people and stories and... Uh, and we just started talking about my family, and it, it felt, it was just sort of magic, you know? He, mm-hmm. he really made me feel comfortable that, uh, you know, as a Latina, there's a lot of years to write my family, and, right. you know, I adore them. So, and, and I didn't want to spend that too early, because some people do, and then you can't necessarily do it again. Exactly. So, uh, it felt like the right time. And, and that's kind of how that came together. See, and as, as we've said, I, I think we have been lucky enough to talk to some of your uh, amazing cast. And, of course, all of our listeners know our obsession with this show. So I'm going to ask you an annoying question. I'm sure you <laughs> wish you knew more. And we keep trying to find someone, uh, you know, that, that can tell us. Do you know, when do you know if we get next season? Well, that is Netflix. you got to ask Netflix. So, okay, we then we're calling them. We feel, you know, we feel confident, and they have been nothing but supportive. Mm-hmm. So my, my gut would, you know, tells me that, that we will be able to do more, but that is in their hands. Got it. Well, right. I, I think we, are, we think it's going to happen because, you know, we are the magic happen. eight It'll ball happen. of Hollywood. <laughs> uh, have, oh. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, if only. I know. So now let's ask another importantly horrible question to ask anyone. But you've been successfully involved in so many amazing shows. Do you have a show or a project? Maybe it's one of the plays you've written. That's your favorite. That you that just has a special place in your heart. I mean, one day at a time is, is my favorite, honestly, nice. because it's so personal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never ever been a part of something that was so personal. And right. uh, you know, my parents come to the. My dad is alive. <laughs> oh, good. So, and my parents are very happily married, like like Lydia and Berto in oh, the God. show. Yeah. Uh, so they come every week to the show, and you know, oh. they are the the episode nine. We talk about. Operation Pedro Pan. That is how mm-hmm. both of yes. my parents came here. That story is real. Oh, wow. So to have, uh, yeah. you know, my parents came here when they were 15 in 1962, wow. not knowing any English, and they built a life here. They are the American dream, and their daughter oh. now, you know, they watch television to learn how to speak English. Right. And right. the fact that now their daughter writes for it, like, blows right. their minds. And so it's delicious to me that I get to share this right. with them. Right. And, That's and amazing. See all of the hard work that they that they went through pay off in this way and See, I feel like that's it's, it's great. That's the amazing you talking earlier about laughter through tears. Just that story is not even on the show and it just makes you that's just beautiful. You know what it is? It's it's authentic. Right. And I think right. yeah. that's amazing. Also, you say laughter through tears. I quote um, a movie, Still Magnolia's all the time. And remember, Dolly Parton, in all her wisdom, says laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. So we're there it's with you. True. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Me too. That's, that's just how real life goes. Now, okay, so you've been involved with everything and, and these, these amazing uh, shows and, and a playwright and a producer. What is your key to success? I mean, what what do you do that consistently where you wake up and you are just ready for the next day to nail it again? I mean, I'm a hustler for yeah. sure. Yeah. Nice. You know, like I think that I think the thing I see the most are there are the hustlers and then there are the people that either just want to be famous or just want to be rich or just want and don't really want to do the work. 
Right. And sometimes those people have success mm-hmm. too. God bless them. Right. But I am a hard worker. I come from that stock. I come from parents who had three jobs, you know, like we're Latinos, mm-hmm. man. We're used to doing five things at the same time. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, I work and work and work. And in the off season, I work and work and work. Like, you know, people are constantly like, why don't you take a vacation? Don't, right. I don't, I don't do vacation. It's not my jam. I don't enjoy, <laughs> I can take maybe a weekend. My honeymoon was three days. And oh, we were wow. like, all right, we're ready to get back. Because I like my life. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I'm not digging ditches. You know, I'm sitting <laughs> in a room telling stories. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, I'm, I'm, uh, it's a pre, it's a privilege. It really right. is. Right. And I don't, I take it uh, to heart. I really um, know how fortunate I am and I love it. And so I am constantly working. And so I think my, my I think people need to make their own success. And I think that, uh, my plays are ultimately what did that for me personally. Mm-hmm. That was the thing I felt I could do uh, the best. And so I would, even if I was on a show, every hiatus, I would put my plays up. And nice. I've been fortunate enough to put them up now for charity for the last 10 years. So wow. it's also a nice way to raise money for a nice cause and feels good for the heart and soul as well. Uh, but by putting out my own work constantly, it just reminds people that I'm somebody who is uh, prolific and productive and exactly. and that that will yield results. If you keep on working and working and working and showing people that you're a worker, mm-hmm. that, that that resonates, you know? I see, and I love that. And I think to do something in life, to have your life be something you enjoy, is probably the greatest gift you can ever give yourself, you know? True. And, yeah, and I think more of us need to understand that that's okay. I mean, look, it takes work. You, you just said you work, work, work. You know, if you love it, it doesn't feel like it. You know what I mean? That's true. And That's we, exactly right. Yeah, we all That's need to exactly give that to right. ourselves. Now, on everything uh, that you've been able to do, writing, acting, stand-up even, and producing, is there one, do they give you different things, or is one, like, more rewarding than another? Gosh, they give you different things. I mean, I think the, the writing and producing is certainly the most mm-hmm. godlike because mm-hmm. you're creating a world <laughs> right. and you're populating that world with people that you like. And, you're, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's, the, it's certainly the most uh, creatively satisfying and fulfilling. Right. right. Uh, but it's also fun to, to go and step on somebody else's stage for a little bit and live in their world and, and get to do the acting thing. That's also really, really a lot of fun, too. Yeah, that's amazing. And and that's the beauty of being creative is you can fulfill these different roles and they really do bring out your creative side in either way. Yeah. Now, okay, so question for you about something talking about creative. Uh, we saw that uh, <laughs> a thing called And Donkey Makes Five that oh you're gosh. part of. Can we, can we talk about that? And where did that name sure. come from? Yes. We just thought it was funny. It is. <laughs> it just made us laugh. I don't remember who actually... <laughs> That's hilarious. Somebody that came up with the name, but we just thought it was funny that like, you know, and baby makes three is something that people always say. (laughs) Yeah. And we were like, what if it was like, and donkey makes five, like just (laughs) random. It's brilliant. You know, just like sort of a random funny kind of situation. (laughs) It just made us laugh. And so, yeah, it was sketch comedy that I did with a bunch of very talented uh, actors and my Mm. husband. Uh, Oh, nice. We did that for many years. Good, good. Oh my god. See, gosh. now you I just need see it. there should be a reunion now because yeah. we are dying to see this. Right. Yeah, just die. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hopefully, hopefully it's recorded somewhere out there or that we can find. Oh, when I'm you, sure somebody has it. When oh, you have, when you write your autobiography, that needs to be its title. There, I'm just okay. saying. <laughs> Got it. I'll um, do it just for you guys. I, t- oh. I love it. You can dedicate it to us. It's fine. We'll let you. We'll let you. <laughs> now, what is next for Gloria? Or is 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 this where you need to put all your energy right now? If there's a season two, or where can people find out more ways they can see you? I mean. Follow me on Twitter. Right. I'm, I, I always talk about what I'm doing on Twitter. Okay. Um, I am really passionate about creating more more content. I would love to be the Latina Shonda, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I really would love to tell more stories about... I'm really... I'm most interested by disenfranchised communities, just because <laughs> I find them the most interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the, the fact that, we've been, that we were able to hit so many with this show, you know, veterans, uh, yeah. single parents, uh, Latinos, uh, the, the LGBTQ community, exactly. you know, all of those, we need more of those stories. And so to, it's a privilege to be able to, to be a part of, of telling those. And I'd love to, um, you know, do a feature, write a feature and direct and, nice. and make more shows, uh, like this. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. in this time, I think it's important. Oh, we that need we, it. Yeah. yeah. More than we, ever. Yeah, and we, and we let also I just feel like inviting people into homes, you know, into this home and into homes like this home, it makes the world a little less scary. I think there right. was a, for a while in this country, I think people were very afraid of Latinos or very worried about, I don't know, <laughs> there was this perception right? of who we are that's not accurate. Yes. And I just feel like, gosh, the more we can invite people into our homes, I would love to go and I would love to see a show about a Muslim family. I would yes. love Yes. You Please, know, that, that home? That is right. so important right now, yeah. Invite me in, invite yeah. us in, and it will make right. it all less scary for all the people yes. that are so freaking out about it. Yeah. Yep. I would love to see that show. See, so, and I think um, that's know. amazing. Yeah. I have to say that the way you all deal with subject matter on uh, One Day at a Time is not, it's poignant and funny, but it's also sincere and honest. Mm-hmm. I can remember mm-hmm. the episode where uh, the young daughter is coming out to her mom and how it it's not going to shy away and make it a pat answer of everything's fine. You get to watch that the mother needs to deal a little bit. Like she loves her daughter so much. She's, she's willing to find a way, but it's going to take her a minute. And I love that that honesty was there. And of course we love when, when the love wins out overall, but it was a truthful way of saying, you know what? It's, it, there's a process here. Yeah. It's hard. And on let's both be sides, honest yeah. about it and then let's get through it. And I think the way yeah. you deal with those things are, is amazing on that show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, that, that also came from conversations in the room. You know, we were really talking about, um, we were talking about coming out episodes, actually. We were mm-hmm. talking about how we really wanted to take time with all of that. And we had mm-hmm. the luxury of time with the show. Right. So we were so thrilled that we got to do it over the course of, you know, the first time Elena yeah, girls right. is, I think, episode seven. And then she try, she questions it herself and, yep. and, and exactly. dates a boy for a minute. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and that was based on one of our queer writers' experience when she was coming out. And, and it was great to be able to take time in delving into that story and then also do an entire episode, like you said, where it's the parent point mm-hmm. of view on it where according to her daughter one thing i also loved is she never for a moment let her daughter know that she was having any exactly issues. right she exactly. was completely supportive right. to her child yes but she we got to go on the journey of a story i have not seen which is the yep. processing of it and exactly. ultimately the the complete acceptance and loving but but the process of what that and i feel like that's with any parenting thing you know like 
if my kid ended up being a Republican. It yeah. would take yeah. a minute. <laughs> right. you know what I mean? like, Same you, process. You just don't yeah. know who they're going to be. You just don't <laughs> yes. know who they're going to be. And, yeah. and all of those things are going to take a minute. And right. and we love them, and we want to be good parents to them uh, through that. And so it was a real Mm-hmm. the time with all mm-hmm. of that that we got to take well and this is why we love not only you know one day at a time but also all of the cast and everyone we've got to talk to from the show so we thank you for putting that on oh and gosh, doing yes. it on netflix and thank you so much for joining us today and talking oh, about the guys. importance of it all yes and we will continue to be obsessed with with the show oh well gosh <laughs> yeah. come on down come and see an app oh okay. we yeah, would right. die <laughs> oh, we'll do it that's fine we're in absolutely we'd love it well you are amazing thank you so much for all that you do we are excited to see the future things that you take Mm -hmm. on so thank thank you you again guys you have a great day take care bye bye and that was the executive producer writer of gloria calderon kellett's show her and norman lear one day at a time it is the reimagining as todd grinnell told us last time Mm -hmm. uh and he's on there you can go to netflix it came out january 6th you can go binge watch it all right now Mm -hmm. and when we come back from a break i want to talk about what we're binge watching currently we'll get caught up on our netflix right yeah we Mm -hmm. will um so this is going to be eric heinman now we haven't necessarily talked to him yet but i Eric, are you listening? <laughs> I have a feeling it's coming in the future. He's amazing. He is, he is a, an award-winning singer-songwriter. He tours the country so much. He's a hardest-working you know, musician I've seen out there. And he's a lot of fun. I have met him in person. He's a great guy. So, mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. So this is going to be everything to you. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. Hello, that was Eric Hello. Heyman. He's actually a really cool guy. He, he I, looks like it. Like I said, award-winning yeah. singer-songwriter. We've seen him live. He comes to Spokane. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have a signed CD from him. Oh, that's Anyways, cool. He's a really cool guy. I really enjoy his and music. Apparently, he goes on uh, SiriusXM's uh, The Coffee House. Yes, yeah, he does. So he's that's frequent cool. flyer on that show. Frequent flyer. Just because they know quality. Yeah. <laughs> there you now, go. Now, yeah. we just had on, of course, show producer, executive producer, creator, and writer of uh, Netflix One Day at a Time, reimagining the Norman mm-hmm. Lear uh, show. Uh, that was Gloria Calderon Kellett. Calderon. 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 Um, and she's just beautiful and, and yeah. so sincere. And I, mean, I love we that didn't, so much. We didn't get to see her, but no, we I mean, know she's soul. a beautiful soul. Exactly. Soul is beautiful. And I'm sure she's beautiful in person, too. Oh, we yeah, need a picture. I've seen pictures. You have? Yeah. Good. Yeah. There you go. It's on our website. It's all over the beautiful. place. Beautiful. Anyways, so that's a lot of fun, but it brings up the thing. So yeah. this came out January 6th. I binged watched it right away. I had just discovered it, which happens yeah. in our lives now. All and that's time. when I introduced it to you. And then we got people on from the show. Yeah. It was and a, so it's this a great is what's show. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the hard things about network television is that it's on a very strict schedule and yeah. it depends on if you're home. But now we have more control over what we see. So now there's binge watching that is a thing that happens that couldn't have happened 20 right. years ago. Right. What are you binge watching? Oh, man. So binge watching right now. I, I see. I'm bad at the binge watching. There's very few shows that I'll actually sit down, watch the whole thing, or watch a big chunk of it. Right. I do still like to have, I take it one episode at a time. And okay, typically, so maybe not binge watching for you, but what is a show that watching, you're like, I'm going to yeah. end up watching the whole series, I'm committed to it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know really, I mean? any Netflix originals I know are going to be 
at least some quality and so I'll, right. I'll do that but right now it's series of unfortunate events oh, with Neil Patrick Harris because it's so quirky and fun and um, right. it is kind of that weird like gloomy quirky so you're like yeah. oh yeah. I don't know it's kind of Tim Burton-y almost a little bit almost Tim Burton um, adjacent yep Tim Burton adjacent yeah if Neil Patrick Harris reimagined it I guess yes um, and then I'm watching I'm almost finished with Chewing Gum which was a recommendation <gasps> from you I love that show it's from Britain it is from Britain <laughs> yeah. absolutely and it's, amazing it's just weird and then <laughs> i just started z uh the beginning of everything which is um uh about the the relationship zelda fitzgerald, zelda fitzgerald and um f scott f scott yeah the writer of um well God, i can't remember any names today the, the writer of the great gatsby the great gatsby there it is. and what's amazing, amazing about that is it's starring christina ricci who is mm -hmm. an amazing actress mm -hmm underappreciated and very, very quirky much. herself. Yeah. You know, and she's really created. She was introduced to audiences, of course, when she was just a little girl. She played Wednesday Adams in the original Adams Family movie. Right, um, right. And she has just grown and always chosen her own different path. And I you know love I that mean? about her. And mm -hmm. she... Um, definitely has you know a good energy on the on the show. I I'm excited to see that. That's one I yes, haven't. Yeah, I haven't it's seen. on Amazon Prime though. Yes. So that one, it, see Amazon Prime with me. I stole my brother's login so I get to watch the shows. <laughs> um, don't tell anyone Amazon. Uh, um, don't tell don't him tell, people don't tell if him. you're listening. Don't do it. But um, it, it so it's not as accessible. I don't think. But it's it's good. The second episode in, and I'm 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 committed. I think I'm gonna. Uh, get through the whole first I'm season, which will, which will be fun. Well, you know, one of the things that Gloria mentioned in her interview, mm -hmm. and I think we mentioned it in the past before, yeah. of course, is when you do streaming services, you are you get a larger breadth. You're allowed a little more leeway, you can, so that yeah. you can develop a story. You can pick; it more, can start picking up yeah, in second time. or third episode. Doesn't yeah. have to. The pilot doesn't decide everything. And because now. you deliver the whole series up front, you exactly. don't get canceled first season. No, you no. won't get canceled mid season like right. you will on national networks. So you have a chance. So as long as you deliver quality in the end and can hook people away, we're looking at you. I know, right? Apparently, right? But that, yeah. I think that's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Jonathan, what are you watching? Okay, so let's, currently, let's this up. is how bad this is. Currently, oh I'm obsessed yeah. with... Now, this is actually a show from sci-fi. Right. But it was just greenlit for the third season. So mm -hmm. the first two seasons mm -hmm. are on Netflix. And it's called The Magicians. And right. I didn't think I would like it, but I was bored one day. And I thought, okay, one of my friends at work said it was good. But i like, this is going to be dumb. Yeah. Um, I feel, I, I call it like college years Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Then, once you watch a couple episodes, oh, they're good because then you get sucked into the storyline. And now, all I can think about is going home and watching the I next just, installment. I love shows like I that. I do, too. Oh, well, and there's like a that. gay character, which I right, love. Right, right, He's He's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and there was a little gay romance. And so, also, not only is it a great fun show, and I love magical yeah, type things. yeah. But it speaks to me right. on that level. Right. So I have to say I'm slightly obsessed with the show. And A I'm so bit. excited to and, watch it. And the best part about that sounds like is that there's already two seasons for you to watch. Oh, no. And a third one coming. That's what's so hard that, yeah. when you binge watch is, mm -hmm. is you, you need, need more right than away. one season. And so these new yeah. ones like, you know, we're pestering one day at a time staff and, and actors because <laughs> we want Netflix to tell us now. That I have a next season. Listen, and apparently we'll be pestering the magicians later for a oh, fourth we will season. because I mean, love this. What do you? What Another you, yeah. show from Britain. Yeah. That uh, that I it's just British. finished a British show that okay. I just finished. Uh, it's only uh, 
six or seven episodes actually, which is typical yeah, British. Uh, you know, yeah. it's called Crazy Heads. Oh, that's and right. And I right. just You're have to say, that, it's know. different. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. They have quirky characters. It has right. to do with zombies, demons, things like that. Huh. And but it has a sense of humor. All of, it's very. I watched it all. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. So it's a show that I'm. I'm kind of watching, and one of the the actually the lead actress in it is in that show Chewing Gum mm-hmm. that I enjoy so much. Right. She's, she's and sister. she's two very yeah. different people. So I like that. yeah, I like that. I'm all There's about some... I'm all about that right now. Right. Like, okay. Finished it. I'm happy. Okay. Sometimes, as yeah. we've talked about on the show, there will be a show that you want to believe in, and you make it to the end, and then you are kind of mad that you spent <laughs> the time. Yeah. To do that, yeah. and of course, for me, that's the OA. Right. Now, listen. Right. I know there are a ton of people out there who like love that show, yeah. uh, and yeah. it's so. Don't get I, mad at me, but I don't see it. I have to still watch it I because see the first two episodes because everyone has. It's a very polarizing show. Apparently, you <laughs> yes, either really it hate it or really love it. Yes. So I really want to f- watch it to find out why. It's so polarizing. And which camp I'll fall oh, into. Let me um, tell you, me and Gerald, who cuts both of our hair. Right. Me and Gerald on the same page. You, like, you don't like why? it. Why? Okay. No. All right. What hey, maybe maybe if you've seen it out there, listeners out there, um, comment on our Facebook or tweet or us. tweet us. Um, Either one. What you think about the OA. Are you pro-OA or anti-OA? <laughs> and if mm. you're pro, I really want reasons. <laughs> and honestly, if you're anti, I want to know. Yeah. Just, I'm fascinated. Right, right, I want right, to know right. why you mm-hmm. think it's... Because I, hey, and for all you insiders, I have questions about the last, which the last episode, which I'm just telling you is like someone mm-hmm. was like, they just phoned that one in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're like, okay, listen, just cut it short. Right? It's, I will say this for it. it they started yeah. off really, really strong. Really? They did. And what's, that's what's sad. Right. Because right. I felt like it, it took a different detour that makes no sense. And didn't. Yeah. 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 You know, um, you and I watched the Santa Clarita diet. That one we was did. a big one. That one I truly binge watched. I did that. Yes. In. Uh, in two days it was fun it was fun it was a quirky it was good I'm obsessed with it mm-hmm. uh, but there's a show that I started two years back and have tried to finish numerous times but just can't bring myself to I don't know why it's called Peaky Blinders and it's great yes I know which show that's also a British series it's a British series mm-hmm. and it has beautiful cinematography and I'm obsessed with that Someone I know you love that it's that it's Britain's version so great. of um, mm-hmm. what's that HBO series that's about mobsters in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very much that. It's yeah, about. I heard it. Yeah, it's about that. like, um, yeah, British oh, Boardwalk gangsters. Empire. Oh, I've it's never British seen that. British versions of Bro- Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It's about the gangsters, but they yeah. have such heavy Cockney accents that I'm like, first of all, it's hard for me to pick out. You have to be like full, like fully into it, like yeah. delve right in. Right. Um, and second of all, it's like it's an hour long and they're a little slower. And you already and have some issues with hour long shows. Yeah. It's not, it's just that it has to be really good hour long. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Game of Thrones is coming out r- soon again with um, Seven Seas. I cannot wait. They're an hour long. Yeah. And I can watch those they day keep in and out. The they keep you riveted. Yeah. They are so enticing. Um, but, like, some hour long shows, you're just like, what is even the point? Right. What are you doing? The OA. <laughs> See, and I can't bring if myself to watch it. there's a show it. that long. you're watching and, it, and you look mm-hmm. at how much time is left. Right. That's a problem, especially yeah. when you obsessively look and go. Because then it becomes an endurance test and not enjoyment. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to finish this because I started it. Yeah. And it's going to be painful. Yeah. But I'm go- that's how I felt. Exactly. It. Yeah. It's but And then there's the shows like House of Cards, for example. That's uh, an hour show where every single brilliant. time I watch it, I'm like, I cannot believe it's been five hours and <laughs> right, I am right. still watch it. Why am I? Yes. Keep, and I need their to new stop. season comes out in March. Yeah. So uh, that'll season be Season five. They have a yeah. lot of material. 
They have um, a lot to work with. Oh my goodness! Like they have to do season six just because they do. Like so they much do. has happened yeah. since you filmed season oh, five. Like, just excuse saying. me. Uh oh. <laughs> right, and I don't mind when my mm-hmm. art mm-hmm. has political right things on. I you know it's right. a thing. Right. Um. So I don't mind that at all. So I'm I'm excited for. Yeah. <laughs> or things like House of Cards. Me too. It'll you know? be good. It'll be good. But you, what I also love that Netflix is doing right now, and so are Amazon and mm-hmm. these other streaming services, is they're bringing British creativity and yes. British to mingle with right. American television. Right. Because I think it's for many, many years, it's it's a very line. Some people love British TV. And because we go out of our way to say it. Growing up, me and my brother mm-hmm. would watch PBS when they would do, you know, uh, a weekend of Red Dwarf, which was a a, a British right. sci-fi comedy, right. um, or any of those, like mm-hmm. the IT Crowd, is one of my favorite comedies. Is out of Britain. Yes, it's a different sort of sense of humor, but it's not for everyone. No, it's but not. Look what but happened good. with Downton yeah. Abbey. It oh. found an audience yeah. that was so huge, so it crossed over. Same I'm with loving. The Office. Yeah, Same it's with the it, office. it found that no, it you know it struck a chord with everybody. Yeah, and it's great. And so I love that now. Mm-hmm. That's an option. They just mix right. it in. Crazy Heads. I didn't know it was a British TV series, yeah. and now. I do and I mean I love that you get to experience I would love it if Netflix would then open even more they already have multicultural movies but I would love it if like there's a sitcom from India I don't know Um, I I would love to see those kinds of things because we're not exposed to that in the States very often. Yeah, we just talked to Gloria. I mean, um, we mentioned what if there was that, you know, Muslim family sitcom or show or whatever that, you know, brought us into their lives, dealt us into it, that humanized and kind of shed some light on the situation racist people are people who are afraid all they have is their fear to look through yeah so they don't know really what's going out there and then you have people in leadership who Mm. are are feeding you lies not based on facts yeah so we used to say it back in the day uh Mm. during the lgbt movement which is still going on but back when i was younger we would say we work very hard to place the mask of a monster on someone we want to hate Mm -hmm. and that's why it was so important to be open about who you were because because they see you, it's harder for them to say and believe in the stereotypes because you're now a human being in front of them. Exactly. And if they found you enjoyable before, they have to then, their mind needs to deal with right. this fact of, right. wait, but I'm supposed to hate this person, but I enjoy exactly. this person. And exactly. either your mind explodes or you figure out a way mm-hmm. to be more open. Well, and that's why shows like Will and Grace and Queer as yes. Folk and I guess to some extent Modern Family as well. Um, exactly. Shows like that kind of um, let us into what, is the LGBT community, and we can do so much uh, with that in terms of any community, yes. any minority, any yes. any. Uh, and we group. need to do that, and I think, and yeah. that's why it's important that art and free press and all of that makes a, such an important role. It plays right. an important role in democracy and in it equality does. because it allows us to see everything, yeah. whether we like to see everything or not. It isn't about that. We're going to show you life. Mm-hmm. No matter what. The ugly and, and the pretty. Yes, yeah. and that's how art should work. Exactly. Okay, all right. As we as we wind down here, I guess we'll do one more song. I know. Um, Who are we going to support this This time? is Camille Who's, Bloom. I yeah. love Camille. She's, we got to meet her when we, she was in yeah. town, and she is amazing. She is. She was very sweet. Um, and this is going to be Pieces of Me, which is, I think, one of both of our favorite songs. Here. Yes. You are listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this has been Outspoken. It has been, and that was Camille Bloom. We uh, adore her. I love that song. I sing along with it. It's so fun. Um, She's got such a beautiful voice. Anyways, Camille's amazing. She comes to Spokane. She tours through this area all Mm -hmm. the time. Uh, She was on our, our holiday show. 
this year, shared some holiday memories with us. She even sang a song she recorded just yeah. for us. Yeah, she did. Um, so that's great. That's her and her girlfriend. So amazing. Listen, mm. it's like you know we said earlier, this is the second to the last show. After we go off the air today, we are only walking in here one more time. Which is to so do sad. Outspoken. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't think that there's a big comparison, but I'm going to make it anyways. <laughs> it's just like when Obama had to leave the White it's House. It's true. I mean, it's, it's true. It's just like it's that. Very, but I think about it, as, and we will be sharing more memories the next week, of yeah. course, but um, it's fascinating to me to see everything that mm-hmm. has transpired mm-hmm. for the show and the experiences we've been able right. to have and the opportunities we've we've had right. because of this platform and the this radio show that I think has been important to to many people. So I'm excited for what lies ahead, but I think mm-hmm. it's okay to sentimentally look back and remember why this show was and is important to us and Absolutely. to so many. Absolutely. And so I think that's it's always amazing to remember where you were. Uh honor it and then know where you're going and be excited about what we have coming in the future so one more show mark your calendars don't be afraid to send us a note call us whatever you want to do but um i'm excited me too